Um, anyway, Luke, the second chapter, first verse, we'll just pick up here. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or, or taxed. The King James says taxed. It, it's interesting what the IRS can do. I mean, uh, they, they, got, they got Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. Well, that's supposed to be funny. I don't know that you thought it was funny, but <clears throat> but it was a census they were doing. And of course, the census wound up in taxation. But be that as it may, verse 2, the census first took place while Canarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of who? To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, house of bread. That's what that means. Bethlehem. Because he, Joseph, was of the house and lineage of who? Of David, and we talked about that last week, so I'll not go through all of that again. Um, now you need to realize, just think about this, that um, he he came up from Nazareth and he went to Bethlehem, and that's about a ninety-mile trip on foot. Apparently, I would think Mary was probably on on a donkey. Probably, I mean, she might have been riding in a cart. I don't know. She might have been walking. I, I mean, we don't know. You've got to be real careful, as we'll see here today, that you don't just go by what Hollywood tells us about the birth of Jesus. We need to see what the Bible says. But as far as how they got there, I, 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 I don't know. I know they didn't drive in a car <laughs> or ride a bicycle. <clears throat> but probably on foot and... Uh, Probably had some sort of a donkey. I don't know. I don't know. But they got there, nonetheless, however long it took them to go 90 miles. And uh, Bethlehem, look at Micah, the fifth chapter in the second verse. Hold your place there in Luke. But Micah, it's in the Old Testament. He was a prophet. And uh, it's chapter 5, verse 2 of Micah. It, it'll be on the screen. I think it's good to look this up. Notice what... The Lord said through Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, But you, Bethlehem, Epaphrata, or however you say that, I don't know, but Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, <clears throat> yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So here you see, that Bethlehem, it's prophesied that the Messiah will rise up out of Bethlehem. And, uh, of course, it's interesting whose goings forth are from, uh, from of old, from everlasting. Remember, Jesus has no beginning, he has no end. Is, is that right? Talked about that? Now, in human terms, in human terms, we talked about this last week. In human terms, you know, his, he, he remember the word became flesh so in human terms yes in 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 mary's womb he was conceived the second member of the trinity was conceived and humanly speaking you know uh, certainly that's when 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 he took on human form but you need to realize jesus always has been is and always will be the only thing that happened in mary's womb and in bethlehem is is what he took on human form he took on human form when he was conceived and then nine months later you know he was he was born but interesting here that that the bible says that he would come up out of what city out of bethlehem the city of david and uh, anyway let's go back to luke the second chapter in the fifth verse <clears throat> now notice to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And of course, we looked at last week how Mary became pregnant with Jesus. Remember, the angel came to her, brought her the word of God, and what did she do? She received the word. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, 
There was no sexual relations between God and her. It was just the power of God came upon her. And within her was conceived the Holy One, the Son of God. And anyway, notice verse 6. So it was that while they were there, where? Where? In Bethlehem. The days were completed for her to be delivered. So you need to realize they didn't just come into Bethlehem and that night she had Jesus. They were apparently there for a bit of time, whatever, whatever that was. But while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered or for her, her to give birth. Notice verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Of course, after Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary had sexual relations and they had other children, right? But, but remember last week she said when the angel brought her the word, she said, how can these things be since I've known not a man? She was a virgin, wasn't she? The Bible's clear that he, they didn't have sexual relations till after Jesus was born. Virgin born. We talked to you about the importance of the virgin birth last week. It bypassed the sin nature, didn't it? And we went through all that. Very interesting. And, and that's, he needed to be virgin born so that he could die on Calvary's cross and, and bear the punishment and pay the price for our sin. Is that right? So, so we talked about that. Just... It's hard to talk about this without covering that, you know. Remember, without the virgin birth, his death on the cross is powerless, isn't it? But thank God he was born of a virgin. Anyway, verse 7, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So apparently they went to the inn... Apparently they had enough money. Now we'll see that Mary and Joseph, you need to realize now, now he, shouldn't have been in, he shouldn't have been a carpenter. He was the king. But you'll see, as we'll go here, we'll see it here in, in just a while. They weren't rich. Mary and Joseph, weren't, they weren't rich. They were not rich. You need to realize that. I don't think they were excessively poor but they were not rich. You know what, what I mean by rich? You know, millionaires. He had, a, he had a carpentry shop. I don't know how much money they had, but, but they apparently had enough money to go to the inn. Otherwise, wouldn't, why would they have went? They had, a, they had the money to get in there. Now, why couldn't they get in? It's very simple because everybody was going to their hometowns to be registered and there was a big crowd all the people coming in have you ever gone to a city where there's a big convention there and you didn't make reservations ahead of time you show up without a reservation you're not you're not going to get in there are you into a, into a hotel and they didn't have cell phones back there then where you could call and make reservations you know and so they showed up and everything was full so they found a stable and that's where they stayed, apparently, for however many days. And then Jesus was born. Think about that. The Son of God, the King of kings, Lord of lords, born humbly in a stable. Think about that. Not in a king's mansion. Now, where should Jesus have been born? He should have been born in a king's palace. Is that right? But he was born in a stable. The thing you notice about Jesus' life, you, you see it all through his ministry. When he rode into Bethlehem, I, I don't mean Bethlehem, into Jerusalem, there, there before he went to the cross. Remember when he rode in, into Jerusalem? Did he ride in on a white charger? A horse? No, he rode in on a what? Donkey. And the Bible's clear. To show humility. Humility. Anyway, they went to the inn. There was no room. And uh, so they, they found him a stable apparently, and that's where the Lord was born, in Bethlehem. Now, notice verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. This comes up every Christmas, doesn't it? Very good that it does, and it should. It's interesting, now look, now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. It's interesting. Now, listen to this. Because this hardly ever gets talked about. But I think it's worth mentioning. The shepherds of Bethlehem 
were in charge of raising sheep for the temple sacrifices. That was their job. You see that the, the, the lambs that would, be, that would be sacrificed. See, Bethlehem was about five or six miles from Jerusalem where the sacrifices would take place in the temple. And the lambs used for those sacrifices were born in Bethlehem. And the shepherds of Bethlehem watched over those flocks of sheep that would ultimately one day be used for the temple sacrifices in Jerusalem. So you need to realize that. That's what the shepherds of Bethlehem, that was their job to over, oversee and shepherd the sheep that would be, and the lambs that would be sacrificed. And isn't it interesting, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And he was born where? In Bethlehem among the lambs. See, you study Jesus' life. You'll see this, the symbolism is, is, is so powerful. It, if you really understood the symbolism and all the types and, and things of the Old Testament, how he fulfilled every last one of them. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's enough to make a believer out of the, 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 the rankest heathen. Just looking at how he fulfilled all the types and the shadows to the last jot and the last tittle. And it's interesting, when all those lambs were being born to be sacrificed one day at the temple, who was being born in the stable? Jesus. The Lamb of God. It's interesting, the sacrifice, the, 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 notice it says here that these shepherds were living out in the fields. Now, now it's, it, it's significant to note that because you see, the sacrificial sheep and lambs that would be offered, they would have to live outside for one year according to the custom that they had at that time. They'd have to live outside for one year, 365 days, in order to be used as a, as a, as a, a sacrifice in the temple. So you can see why the shepherds were living out in the fields. They had to oversee those sheep. They had to stay outside for 365 days. That's just the way they did it. Interesting, isn't it? That's why they were living out in the fields. And once the sheep became of age, the shepherds would bring them to the city of Jerusalem to be sacrificed in the temple, you know. And it was important that the sheep that were used to be sacrificed did not have any blemishes. It's interesting that at the same time, listen to this, at the same time that these lambs were being examined to be sacrificed, Jesus was being examined by the Sanhedrin and the religious people and Herod and, and uh, Pontius Pilate the Pharisees, and they could find no fault in Jesus. But it's, it's interesting that at the same time, the, just like Jesus was born among these lambs, he's the Lamb of God. 33 and a half years later, when he's just about to be sacrificed, when these, the lambs that were born at that time were being examined, Jesus was being examined. And not any blemish was found in the Lord. Powerful, dear friends. Jesus is who he said that he was. He is the Son of God. The fairest among 10,000, the bright and the morning star. Nobody like him. Fall in love with him if you're not. Amen. Fall in love with him. He's so worthy. There's nobody like him. Fall in love with everything that he's in love with. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it you want to love what he loves you want to not like what he doesn't like is that right yes. and once listen to this once the sheep's blood was completely spilled when those priests would take the lambs without blemish and you know they slit their throat and that's how they did it 
blood would be spilled and offered in the temple. And once that was done, the priest would come out and say, it is finished. Have you ever heard that before? But the point I'm trying to make here is that Jesus was born in in what town? A little town of Bethlehem. The city of David. And he was born there among the lambs that would be sacrificed in the temple. And he is the Lamb of God. Isn't that interesting to know? Now verse 9. Luke 2 verse 9. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them. Before who? Before the shepherds. Now they're out in the field. Minding their own business. Looking over these sheep. And the angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David. What city is that? Bethlehem. Bethlehem, City of David. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now that's the sign. What? A babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Isn't it interesting? See, if you look at the Hollywood rendition of this, that when Jesus was laying in the manger, there was a bright star. And we're going to talk about that star in just a minute. Just a few minutes. There's a bright star coming down, just, 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 just lasered on that, on that manger. But that wasn't so. There was a star. We're going to talk about what that was here in just a moment. But if there had been a star that was, a, that was observable to everybody, why would this have to be the sign? All the angels would have had to say was, See that star? Just, just, that st- just, just follow that. Wouldn't all of Jerusalem, Bethlehem was only about five or six miles from Jerusalem, wouldn't Herod and all the people, would they have been able to see that star? But they didn't. We'll, we'll talk about that more in just a moment. There was a star. What was it? We'll, we'll talk about it. But what was a sign to the shepherds? You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Very unspectacular. You know God's signs aren't always spectacular. The only baby in there wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. That was a sign. Interesting, isn't it? Verse 13 And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Isn't that good to know that that's God's attitude towards us? But it comes through Jesus Christ, you see. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Notice, toward men. Now that Jesus is being born, that's God's attitude towards mankind. Peace and what? Good will. Verse 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. See, they were in the outskirts of it. But they went into the, into the town. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. Same thing we ought to do, make widely known about Jesus. In verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Interesting. Now, Jesus is born. The shepherds have come. Now they've gone. In Luke 2, verse 21, 
when eight days were completed, now this is eight days after this event with the, with the birth from the time Jesus was born. Eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child. See, that was according to the law of Moses, you know, and so forth. Much we could say about that. And his name was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And of course, we saw that, talked about that last week. So at eight days, he circumcised, given his human name, Jesus. See, that's his human name. How many of you know his last name is not Christ? What does Christ mean? Christ means the anointed. Remember when, and on top of this, just review, remember when the, the, the sick people would cry out as Jesus would go by and they'd call him son of David. When they called him that, they were decreeing that and, and, and saying that he is the Messiah. You understand that? So eight days come and go. He's circumcised. They call him Jesus. And then look at verse 22. Now when the days of her purification, this is talking about Mary now. When the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed. Now that's 40 days. According to the law of Moses, that's 40 days. So now 40 days have come and gone. Notice there's no wise men yet. A lot of people think the wise men came in the night Jesus was born. They think he, they, people will, Hollywood will tell you. How many of you know we don't go by Hollywood? We go by the Bible, right? But people will tell you that the wise men came in, you know, into Bethlehem the night Jesus was born. And then they'll show you that big star shining right down. It didn't happen that way the wise men came we'll see that in a moment but 40 days now 8 days after 8 days he's he's circumcised now 40 days come and go and her purification is completed they brought Jesus they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord now Jesus is the Lord they're presenting him to God the Father you understand that Okay? How many of you know the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Okay? So God the Son, Jesus now, second member of the Trinity, made flesh. Now he, 100% God, 100% man. You understand that. Unique person of the ages, Jesus. Real loud, just say Jesus. Jesus. That's, that's, well, there's something about that name, isn't it? And, uh, but they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just feel impressed of the Spirit of God to say this. They brought him, the parents brought him to the temple. That's what parents need to do with their children is bring them to the house of God. I'm so glad that my grandma saw to it and my mom and dad saw to it that they brought me to the, to the, to, to the house of God every week. I'm so glad they did. And I'm so glad the word of God got instilled within me when I was a little kid, you see. It's just easier that way to get it in you when you're young. So they brought him to Jerusalem. And remember, Jerusalem was about five or six miles from Bethlehem. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. You need to realize this, and this will bear itself out, that after Jesus was born... In, in, in the stable and laid in the manger that apparently, apparently, uh, apparently, Mary and Joseph, and this will bear itself out in a moment, apparently Mary and Joseph found living quarters. Apparently they found a house there in the vicinity of Bethlehem where they, where they lodged for, for a while. You need to realize that. Because we're gonna see in just a moment when the wise men show up they don't show up at the stable, the manger. They show up at a house. And it's in the vicinity of Bethlehem. So Jesus is born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in the manger. The shepherds come in. We talked about that. 
And then apparently they, apparently they find a house there. Apparently they, they must have rented it. I can only imagine they must have rented it. And they stayed in the vicinity of Bethlehem apparently for, for some time. I can't give you chapter and verse proving that, but that apparently it, it bears it, the Bible bears that out. And uh, after eight days, he's circumcised. And then 40 days, you know, uh, they go up to Jerusalem. Now, how far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? It's five or six miles. So it's not that long of a, of a, of a, of a, of a walk, you know, or however they got there. Donkey ride, whatever. Anyway, they brought him there. And uh, they presented him to God the Father. Verse 23, as is written in the law of the Lord... Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law. Notice here, it says a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. If you go back in the Old Testament, and I won't do that for the sake of time, but you can see that this offering that they offered was not the offering of a rich family. It was the offering of a, of a modest uh, I'll just put it this way, not rich. Now, you need to, let me, let me tell you something. If you study the ministry of Jesus, there's a lot of people that will tell you that he was broke and poor and didn't have anything. But I don't believe that. Because he had a treasurer. How many poor people need a treasurer? He had, he had 12 full-time staff members working for him. Is that right? And if you study the gospel accounts, Jesus had a house that he lived in. Absolutely. Yeah, but Pastor Terry, he said that birds of the air have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He was talking about his traveling ministry there when he was out on the road. But he did have a house. The Bible's clear on that. The gospel accounts are clear. But you need to realize something about the Lord when he was here on this earth. He was here being an example to us. I don't for one minute believe that he lived in a, in a, in a mansion extravagance. And you know he traveled across the sea, didn't he? He crossed that sea of Galilee. He didn't, he didn't cross it on a yacht. He crossed it on a borrowed vessel. Now, Peter, James, and John, and, and those guys, they, they, had a, they had a fishing industry, didn't they? They, they had a fishing company. But I, I, I don't believe they were rich people. They, I, but I believe they, they, they were working people, middle, probably middle class, his disciples, you know. Now, Matthew was a tax collector. He probably had a lot of money, but it's probably gotten maybe not so honestly. As I hope there's no tax collectors in here today. <laughs> Anybody get your tax bills from? It, it blesses me every year. But I'm just so grateful I got the money to pay it. And I just look at it this way. My taxes aren't going for the crazy stuff. My taxes are going for the roads and the good roads and the good things. That's the way you got to look at it. But you know, it's, we're being taxed too much, dear friends. And you know what? They're still broke. St. Louis County, they overtax me and they're still, they're, still, they're still broke. Well, let's don't get off on that. Let's just get, let's stay back in the Christmas. I start thinking about taxes and I get a little bit edgy. Let's get, let's, let's, let's get back here. Let's stay, let's stay in the Christmas spirit, okay? Now, what was I talking about? Jesus, Jesus was not broken poor. But yet, he showed humility. How many of you know when he went to the cross, they were shooting dice for for his robe? Yes or no? I I say dice, they're casting lots, the Roman soldiers, is that right? So apparently he dressed nicely. I just don't think he was extravagant in it. He wasn't always talking about giving money to get money back. Do you understand? I believe in prosperity, but let's don't let prosperity and money taint the gospel. 
Can anybody say amen? amen? When you're talking more about money than you are about Jesus, there's something wrong. Come on now. So he wasn't crossing the Galilee on a yacht, was he? <clears throat> so a pair of, verse 24, a pair of turtle doves are two young pigeons. That was the offering of a, of a, of a, of a, not a rich family. And then, of course, you could read and see that Simeon and Anna, they, they got to see the Lord, and that was the desire of their hearts and so forth. I'll not take the time to go through all of that, but now let's go to Matthew 2. And let's conclude by talking about, for just a few minutes, about the wise men and the star. Can you take a few more minutes of this? You learning anything? Interesting, isn't it? Matthew chapter 2. See, if you want to get the full story of Jesus' birth, you have to read Matthew's account and Luke's account. See, Mark and John, they don't give, give anything really on it to any degree. Matthew and Luke. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the, oh, Herod, Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, first of all, Herod... Let me just say this. Herod was a ruthless man. He was a killer. And uh, it said, if you study into his life at all, it said that it was safer to be a dog in his palace than a human being. He killed a lot of people. I'll say a little more about him in just a moment. Tell you how he died. But we'll, we'll save that for just a moment. <clears throat> So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, wise men from the east, these are known, starts with an M. Magi, wise men. They came to Jerusalem. Now these wise men, among other things we could say, they were astronomers, not astrologers. You need to realize astrology is demonic and wrong horoscopes and that kind of stuff, you want to stay away from that. Astrology is wrong, but astronomy is very good and godly. You study the Bible. Was anybody here when I did that series, a several-part series on the gospel and the stars? Did you know that God has painted the gospel in the stars? The Bible says that God uses the stars as signs. Signs to us. Now, we shouldn't be following the stars. We ought to be following Jesus. Is that right? But, but, but the Bible's clear that the stars are there as, as signs and so forth. They really are. And I don't have time to get into all that now. But these, these guys were astronomers. Astronomy is fascinating and it's good. Astrology is sinful. And these were magi. And they were from, from my study of it, they were from Babylon, which is in Iraq. And these were good guys. Real loud say good guys. These good guys. And you know who they were influenced by? By Daniel the prophet, apparently. From many, many, many centuries before Daniel was in Babylon, he never left there. Remember, he was carried away there and so forth, and he was in the king's court and so forth. And what? How many remembers Daniel in the lion's den and all that? And, and apparently these were... Uh, 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 not not descendants from his body, but but people that had studied under you know he rose people up underneath him, and then as the generations went, uh, from my study of it, these wise men were influenced by Daniel the prophet. In verse two, now watch this. This is Matthew two two. They come in there to in into to Jerusalem, you know, to Herod and so forth, and they say, "Where is he who has been born King of the Jews?" For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, these wise men were Jews. You need to realize that. Thank God for the Jews. I mean, they're God's chosen people. You understand that? Do you know when you receive Jesus and get born again, you become a spiritual Jew? Did you know that? Read Romans, the first couple of chapters, you'll see that. And you know they were Jews because they're coming to worship, to what? To worship the 
king of the Jews. Now, they say, it says that we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Let's talk about that star. And I could talk for a couple hours on it. I'm just going to give you a, a few minute summary. With the use of the ancient laws of planetary motion, which I had to study when I was in college some, but with the use of ancient laws of planetary motion and modern computer technology, modern computer technology, there's software out there that you could go buy right after you leave this service. You could go buy it. Sad that you could go buy it right after you leave this service. I think things ought to be shut down on Sunday. But you could go buy it tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, and you could, if you, if you knew how to use it, you could go back and, because this, when God created the heavens of the earth, the, 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 the stars and everything, it's like, it's, like a, a, it's like a clock. I mean, God is, is, is the mathematician of all mathematicians and everything just moves exactly. And you can plot these stars and tell right where everything was looking back in time and forward. You can tell where all these stars and things. It's, it's fascinating. And it's interesting. Now listen to this. When Jesus was conceived in the Virgin Mary's womb, nine months before he was born in Bethlehem, Jupiter, has anybody ever heard of Jupiter? That's the largest planet. And also you need to realize, as we're going to talk about Jupiter, you say, wait a minute, Pastor Terry, hold on. Jupiter is a planet, not a star. If you study the word for star out in the Greek, when it uses star here, it means like what we would think of a star, like our sun is a star, right? But it can also mean planet, and that's important, planet. So when you see the word star, it can mean a star like our sun. It can also mean a planet. And what happened when Jesus was conceived in the Virgin Mary's womb, Jupiter, now you've got to realize these wise men, these, these astronomers are watching this from over in Babylon, Iraq, and they're looking out, out toward, towards Jerusalem, and they've studied the night skies, and they're, 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 astro they're astronomers, and they're studying. And all of a sudden, what happens is Jupiter, the largest planet known as the king planet, and this is in September, in September, looking from Babylon, Iraq, they see Jupiter, they see it move towards this star, star Regulus, and Regulus is the brightest star in the constellation, and a constellation is just a collection of stars, Regulus, they see Jupiter moving towards Regulus, the brightest star in the, in, in the constellation of Leo the Lion. Leo the lion. Now, Jesus is known as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it's interesting, Jupiter does something that it has never done. It comes up and it, as you're looking from the earth, it comes up and it, and it does three times. It, it, it crowns Regulus. It crowns Regulus something that they had never seen it done before and it circles it three times and it does it in Leo the lion and when it does that they know oh my gosh there's going to be born the king of the Jews interesting and now some time goes and I can't tell you how much time actually elapses but I as far as the, the as they're studying here but what happens 9 months later listen to this Nine months later, when Jesus is born, now the wise man, they have to go about 800 miles. It's about 800 miles from Babylon, Iraq, which apparently is where they were. I, I can't prove 100% that's where they were, but that's probably where they were. Coming to Jerusalem is about 800 miles, give or take. And what happens is, is and at what time they begin their travel, I don't know, but Jupiter, now, now when Jesus is, is born... Jupiter, the king planet, got Jupiter again. This time it's not with Regulus, but this time it's with the planet Venus. Have you ever seen Venus at night? Have you ever seen? It can be pretty bright, can't it? And what happens is Jupiter, what, it, what happens is it comes up and it stacks on top. Jupiter stacks on top of Venus. 
Have you ever built a, a, a snowman with two, you know, you bake the, 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 and then you put just one thing on top, you know, how you stack a snowman? Well, that's what happened. These, these planets stacked one right on top of the other. And it's the brightest star, the Chinese, who were very good at keeping records of all these, these, these ast- a- astronomical events. And others say, is the brightest star that's ever been. And that was when Jesus was born. What happened is Jupiter came and it stacked or it sat from the earth. It looks like one sitting right on top of the other. It would have been the brightest star that you'd ever see. But it wasn't something that you would have really noticed unless you were looking for it. As we'll see in just a moment. I'm almost done here. Just let me finish. So what happens? Jupiter nine months earlier, comes and it rings Regulus in Leo, king of the Jews. Nine months later now, Jupiter stacks on top of Venus. And do you know where this happened? It happened in the constellation of Virgo, which is the Virgin. And more specifically, it happened in what's called a deacon of Virgo, which is just an accompanying constellation. And and you got Virgo, but then next to her, if you study the stars, you'll see next to her you have a virgin sitting with a child in her lap. And do you know where this star appeared? It appeared in the forehead of that child, which represented Jesus in the stars. And that was sitting right up over the little town of Bethlehem. Powerful, isn't it? Even if you didn't understand all of that, I mean, just what you did understand is pretty powerful. Now notice in verse 3, this is Matthew 2 verse 3. That was the star. When Herod the king heard this, what did he hear? He heard that, that the wise men come in. We've seen his star in the east. We've come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Now, why didn't, if this star was visible to everybody, how come, wouldn't Herod have known it? Huh? If there was a big, like tonight, if there was a big star out there and it was shining right down on this church, I mean, it was just shooting down on here like a laser beam, don't you think we'd get a little of attention in the news, yes or no? But, 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 but my point is, if, it, if this star was like you see in Hollywood movies, there'd be a big beam of light coming right down on this church or right down on that, on that main, it wasn't that way. You had to be looking for it. Because it's clear if it was as spectacular, now it was spectacular, it was spectacular, but you had to be looking for it. Because if it was as spectacular as Hollywood says, don't you think Herod would have known it was there? Bethlehem's only five miles away from Jerusalem. Don't you think that would have been the buzz? Oh, look at that, look at that big, look at that boy, it's shining right down on that stable. It wasn't that way. In verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, Where is Christ to be born? And so they go and they dust off their, their Bible, so to speak. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it's written by the prophet. What prophet wrote it? Come on now, we just told you. Micah, right? But you, is that right? But you, Bethlehem, verse 6, in the land of Judah, are, not the, are you not the least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you, let me start over. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. He's talking about Jesus. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. He didn't have a clue, did he? Did he? And he sent them to Bethlehem. He sent them where? And it's about five or six miles away. I think it's just south of Jerusalem. And he says, go and search carefully for the young child. Now, don't you think if there was a bright star shining right now where everybody could see that the light that they did, he wouldn't have needed the wise man. He could have went and found him himself. Is that right? So there was a star up there. It just wasn't like we've been taught from Hollywood and 
lot of churches teach, we need to stick with the Bible. It was a star. It was most brilliant, but you had to be looking for it. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. You think Herod was going to worship him? Verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, how can a star stop? How can a star stop? That used to bother me years ago till I started studying into this. And and if you study, and I'm not going to get into it here today, but retrograde motion, and you study some things about retrograde motion, what I'm trying to tell you is this star did exactly what the Bible said it did. Did you know good science will only back up the Bible? Absolutely. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they'd come into the what? Into the, into the what? Can you, can you read when they heard? The, and when they'd, they'd come into the what? House. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother. See, they didn't, didn't come into the stable. They came into the what? So they were sent, they came to Jerusalem. They were sent to Bethlehem. Came in, apparently during, uh, Mary and Joseph were living in a house somewhere in the vicinity of Bethlehem. The wise men come into the house. They saw the young child with Mary's mother. They fell down and what? Worship. Worshiped him. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented unto him what? Gold? Frankincense. Gold, frankincense, or gold is, is symbolic of kingship. How many of you know Jesus? King of kings, Lord of lords. Frankincense is symbolic of deity. How many of you know he's God in the flesh? And myrrh represented death. How many of you know he would die for you and me? Verse 12, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. They did, didn't they? If they'd have went back to Herod, it wouldn't have been good. You know, I don't know that there were three wise men. There could have been two. There could have been five. I don't, we assume there's three because there's three gifts. I don't know. I don't know how big the caravan was that came from... from I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how long it took them to go. I don't know. Do you? I, I can't tell you. I could just speculate. But we know they made the journey. We know they got there. And it was sometime after he was born. Isn't that right? And so now they, they go home another way. Now look at, look at chapter 2 here, verse 13. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child his mother, and his mother by night, departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I've called my son. And that's from the book of Hosea. And then notice here, uh, so they go into Egypt. How long they're there for a while, I don't know exactly how long. Sometime, months, year or two, I don't know. However long. But anyway, so now Jesus, Mary and Joseph, they're in Egypt. They're going to stay there for a while. And then verse 16, then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were born in Bethlehem, all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he determined from the wise men. Think about that. What kind of a man can do that? A demon-possessed one, I can tell you that. Absolutely. Think about it. We need to just stop. I know I'm taking a little long here today, but sometimes we read through these things so quickly. I hope you all appreciate that I'm reading the Bible to you. I'm just up here telling you jokes and stories. and I can tell you, I can tell you humdinger jokes and entertain you. I'm not here to entertain. I'm here to teach you the Word. Besides, the anointing that's the power of God rides on the Word of God. You know, I've seen people right in this church get healed of cancer and all kinds of things just sitting under the Word of God. You know, you, all, you don't always have to be, be, be stimulated with... You just need to sit and listen to the Word sometimes. Most of the time. 
Some of the most outstanding healings and miracles we've seen in this church has just been from people sitting and listening to the Word of God and receiving it. How many of you know you can get healed of terminal cancer while you're listening to the Christmas story from the Word? Did you know that? You get healed of anything. Jesus is still in the healing business. Did you hear me? You can get joyed up just listening to the Word of God. How many of you know we need the joy of the Lord? You get joyed up just listening to the Word of God. But it's up to you. You can either sit there and say, this is born me, or you can hang on every word. When I was a kid, I hung on every word when the preacher was preaching. I hung on every word. I had the joy of the Lord about me. Well, it's up to us, isn't it? But he had all these little kids, these males, not the females, but the males from two years old and under, so you can use that to calculate when the wise men came and how long, I, whatever the case. But here's the point. He had all these little males from two years old and under killed. That's troubling. Baby killing's troubling to me. And, and God doesn't like it and I don't like it. You shouldn't like it either. Well, when they was killing babies in the Old Testament, he rose up Moses. God rose up Moses. Killing babies here, he rose up Jesus. They're killing babies again, Paulette. They're killing them again in this nation. Millions and millions and millions and millions. But you know what? Jesus is going to come again. Just like he came the first time, more certainly he'll come the second time. And he'll put a stop to it. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Notice here, verse 17, Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah. This was prophesied years and years ahead of time. A voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation, weeping, great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted because they are no more. This is known as the slaughter or the death of the innocents. Why would God allow that to happen? How many of you know... God has turned this earth over to man. Man in the Garden of Eden turned it over to the, to the devil. Is that right? Now Jesus came and got that authority back, but the Bible still calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. Now we have authority over him, but he does have still authority in this earth. And when bad things happen, don't blame God. Blame the devil. God is not the author of death. He's the author of life. Jesus himself said, our Lord said, the thief comes not but for to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I do know this. How, many of you, how, how, did, how did Jesus and Joseph and Mary miss this, this bad thing? How did they miss it? They were attuned to divine warning. And this isn't the first time the angel had appeared to Joseph in a dream. We talked about it last week. He was tuned into the to the Holy Ghost. He was tuned into God. I'm convinced, my opinion, anybody that would have been tuned in could have heard from God and could have got out of there with their children. See, we won't always point the finger at God. Why don't we ever point the finger at us? Maybe we ought to spend some time tuning ourselves up with the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Now I could talk on that for an hour. Kill these little kids. Who killed them? Herod killed them under the influence of the devil. But you know what? You know, seldom ever hear about how Herod ended up. He died a miserable death. Well, you know, and I, don't, I, I just think I ought to say this. You know when Herod died, God was heartbroken? Yes. How do I know that? Because heaven takes no pleasure at the death of the wicked. That's the scripture in the Old Testament. See, our flesh wants to, yeah, that's good. My flesh, same way, yeah, that's good. But let's don't yield to the flesh. Let's keep it in the spirit, right? 
How many of you know when Herod died, he did all them terrible things. But the Bible says, doesn't the Bible say that, that heaven does not rejoice over the death of the wicked? Herod went to hell. There's no question about it. I don't see where ever, he ever repented. He died a miserable death. They tell us that he died of a chronic kidney disease. Now listen to this. He was having those little babies cut up with a sword, wasn't he? Yes or no? Yes. More than likely, that's how that was the way they, the, he sent the soldiers out to kill him. And how soldiers can follow through with that kind of... I couldn't follow or, those kinds of orders. But he died of a... He had a chronic kidney disease, but that's not what killed him. It was complicated by a very uncomfortable case of a maggot-infested gangrene of the genitals. I'm just telling you. I know you shouldn't talk like that in church, but I'm just telling you. That's how the man died. He had a chronic kidney disease. Now, that's not how he died. That's what he was afflicted with. Chronic kidney disease, that's bad enough, complicated by a very uncomfortable case of a maggot-infested gangrene of the genitals. Where do little ba- now that I'm just this, where do little babies come from? Well, huh? See, well, I'm just telling you, you reap what you sow. He killed all those little babies. Well, notice what happened to him. But that's not what killed him. Do you know what killed him? He committed suicide by stabbing himself. Due to the severe excruciating pain from the disease. How did he kill those little children with a sword? And how did he kill himself? Yielded to the devil. When the devil was done with him, he turned the knife on himself. Evil man. Jesus was safe in in Egypt. Out of Egypt I've called my son. And then the Lord appeared to Joseph again in a dream. He came out of Egypt. Went to Nazareth. Twelve years you see Jesus in the temple. Twelve years old. Astounding the scholars. And then you don't see him again other than he was subject to his parents. We know he lived by faith because he pleased his heavenly father. And we see him thirty years old. Shores of Galilee. John says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And then he begins his earthly ministry and as he comes up out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Ghost descends on him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And he went along his way healing people, helping people, touching people, feeding the multitudes, walking on the water, calming the storm, casting out demons, so forth and so on, helping people, loving people, not condemning people. Can you say amen? Amen. And the time came where he went in on that donkey into Jerusalem. He was examined by the priests and the political people. Could find no fault in him. But there the Lamb of God steps in for you and me and takes our place. Is beaten and mercifully dies upon the cross. Shedding his holy sinless blood that was due to his virgin birth. He's been tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. Never sinned one time. The matchless Son of God. Son of man. 100% God. 100% man. Hanging on that old rugged cross on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. But I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. And upon him was laid the punishment of our sins. He carried that on in his body. He bore in his own body our sins. Shedding that holy blood and he dies. And right before he dies, he says, it is finished. Into thy hands I commend. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He yields up his spirit. The Bible's clear. goes into the inner workings of the earth. Spirit realm. The Bible tells you right where he went. Went into hell. Three days, three nights. And the claims of a holy God were satisfied due to what he did on the cross and his shed blood and his suffering in hell. On the third day, the Bible says that the word of Almighty God, the Father, comes into the regions of the doom 
It says, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee, and raises him from spiritual death. Can you say amen? amen? And he came up out of that place, went over into Abraham's bosom. They had a praise and a worship service. Then he was raised from physical death. He came, his spirit came back up, that same spirit that he yielded up from the cross comes back up, praise God into his body. The power of God hits his body. The angel had descended from heaven, rolled back the stone. His spirit comes in, his spirit comes back into his body. He's resurrected from the dead, glory to God. He comes out of that tomb and those soldiers hit the deck that scared them half to death. The power of God hit them and leveled them. He says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. He delegates that authority to you and me in his name. He ascends, the Bible says, Mary wants to touch him. He says, touch me not, I've not yet ascended into heaven, you know. I hadn't been up there, I hadn't gone back up there yet, but the Bible says, book of Hebrews, he goes back up into heaven you know he presents his holy blood praise God on the heavenly mercy seat it's accepted by God the father seals eternal redemption for you and for me praise God forevermore and then he did something that those priests that sacrificed those sacrificial lambs never did see there were no chairs in in the temple because the priest's work were never done they had to offer the blood of the animals year after year after year after year after year but in heaven after Jesus presents his blood on the heavenly holy of holies and it's accepted by almighty God he then sits down at the right hand of majesty on high and he's sitting there right now. What's he doing right now? He's ever, he ever liveth to make intercession for you. He's up there praying for you. Did you know that? I said, God, Jesus, he's up there praying for you right now and for me. And the Bible says he's waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. And at some point, not too far out in the future, the father is gonna say, go get my people. And the Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment. Twinkling of an eye will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Glory to God. And we'll be with him forever. Isn't that wonderful? Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Bow your heads, please. Glory to God. Praise God. Did you get anything out of this today? Well, with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me just say this to you. If you're here today, and you've never accepted this one that we've talked about named Jesus. You need to do that. He loves you. And he, we talked about, he was born for you. He lived his life for you. He died for you. He went to hell for you. He was raised from the dead for you. so that you don't have to go to hell and so that you can make heaven and the only thing you have see he did all the hard stuff the only thing you've got to do is from your heart believe on him and receive him accept him and confess him as your Lord that's all you have to do and faster than I can snap my finger or blink my eye if you say Jesus come into my heart you mean it believe in your heart he'll come in there so fast and save you you'll miss hell make heaven and not only that he'll make your life worth living in the here and the now and take my word for this you'll meet a lot of people in your lifetime you'll meet this one and that one and many people and let me tell you people including me if you get to know me People will disappoint you. I'll disappoint you because I'm human, you know. But there's one person that'll never disappoint you. There's one person that you'll meet that there's nobody like him. And he'll never do you no wrong, never disappoint you. His name's Jesus. And when you see him one day, you'll come back and you'll say, Pastor Terry, you said he was good, but you didn't tell me half the truth. You didn't tell me just how good he is because he's far better than I can put into words so if you've never accepted him I want you to accept him before you leave here today 
He wants you to accept Him. If you're here today and you've been just kind of playing around with the things of God and you hadn't been real serious like you should, and He's not mad at you. Nobody's mad at you. He just wants to be close to you. You know what He wants? He wants a relationship with you. And then He wants fellowship with you. That's what He wants. He's not mad at you. He's not wanting to beat you over the head. He just wants to love you. He wants to... The, King James word is sup, S-U-P. He wants to sup with you. What does that mean? He wants, to, he wants to dine with you, dine. You know, like you'd go out to dinner. He wants to spend time with you every day. That's what he wants. He loves you. So if you've never accepted him, when we dismiss, you come up here to the front, get with one of these nice people, and just say, hey, introduce me to Jesus. And they'll introduce you to him. You'll get saved. you get born again. It would be the greatest decision you ever made. If you've been playing around with him, you hadn't been serious with him like you should, you want to get back right with him, you come up here too and these people pray with you. And lastly, if there's some other need that you have, you got sickness in your body, you need some sort of healing or whatever the case. Maybe you just need, need some joy. <laughs> come up here, let these people pray with you. Otherwise, greet a couple people, love on them, tell somebody about Jesus this week and don't forget, next week we're having a big Christmas program. Father, I pray for the people. I pray that this word that we spoke to them today will not return void, but will accomplish what it's sent forth to do in the lives of those that will hear it, believe it, and consistently act upon it. In Jesus' name, greet a couple of people. Amen. Amen.